At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million dollars. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again on the HHC. It's a game day edition. Hornets getting set to take on the Detroit Pistons, same team they beat Saturday back at the Hive by a pretty substantial margin. Now they'll have a rematch on the road in the Motor City. We'll preview that game. We're also going to talk about the Hornets' defense and the starting lineup looking ahead. We're going to assume optimism, assume this team is going to continue to get healthier, although there was a little bit of bad news that we got yesterday. We'll pass that along in a moment. But if this team is truly at full strength, who is in, who is out of the starting five? To help me with all these topics, we've got Stan Norfleet from our flagship station, Sports Radio FNZ in the Queen City, back with us again here on the Hornets Hivecast. Stan, how are you? Sam, I'm fantastic, man. Appreciate you inviting me. Hope Bugs fans all over the world are doing well also. I'm sure they are because the team is in a playoff chase, something that most of the so-called experts did not have them pegged for at the start of the season, but they're in the thick of it right now, 31 and 33. And a big part of the reason for optimism looking ahead as opposed to just you know, hanging on for dear life has been the fact that the team has gotten healthier over the weekend. They return LaMelo Ball and Malik Monk to the rotation. And, you know, there's at least some hope that Gordon Hayward could come back before the season's end, considering that he got his walking boot off. And that's certainly a step in the right direction, one that has to happen if he's going to return to play. So with that in mind, I wanted to pose this to you. If Gordon Hayward comes back, 
who leaves the starting lineup. And, and most specifically, we're looking at Miles Bridges as he was the person who entered the starting lineup the second that Gordon went down. So I know you've talked about Miles a lot on the postgame show on Sports Radio FNZ as well as in your normal time slot. What do you think of that question? I think it's a fascinating question. It's one that the fans have asked us during the radio show. I'm sure you get it uh, via social media and, and otherwise. I really, really am happy for Miles. He has caught the attention initially by just the highlight plays. We know that Miles is a diver- is a versatile defender. He's not really a three, but he's not really a four. Uh, but he plays with, with all effort. I think he's, what, maybe one of two Hornets that you can count on to actually be available as he hasn't missed a game all season. But the fact remains, you paid Gordon Hayward a ton of money. And Gordon Hayward was on pace and playing in all-star caliber fashion. If Gordon is healthy, especially now with the playoffs being on the line, you're going to need guys that have played in playoff scenarios. Of course, Gordon Hayward has. I have to put Gordon back in the lineup as the three when he's healthy. Miles, unfortunately, has to go to the bench, man. I would agree if that is the scenario. And honestly, I don't look at it as a bad thing. This is the problem you're supposed to have. You're supposed to have too many guys that are of starter quality and caliber that you have to make difficult decisions. And for too long, due to injury this year and in previous seasons, just due to a a lack of roster depth, it wasn't much of a question. or Or the question was, man, who can we figure out that can start for this team? That hasn't been the issue here in this 2020, 2021 season. And I think one more point on Miles, he's been so great in both roles you know his points per game and all of his usage rates have gone up as a starter because the minutes have gone up and that makes sense but points per minute field goal percentage three-point percentage that didn't take a huge jump when he entered the starting lineup he just kept doing what he's always been doing and that's performing at a very high level now there is one scenario and i don't think james rego would love it but there is a world where you can put going at the three Miles stays in the starting lineup as the four, and then you go small ball and play P.J. at five. But I just don't know with the issues that they've had at the rim and in the paint, I don't know if that's a sustainable model. But it is an option if Borrego wants to dig into that bag. Is an option. I also think if you overload the starting lineup, I kind of look at the starting lineup and those first couple of subs in the same way as I look at, you know, NFL teams, they script their first 20 plays. They don't put all the best 20 plays in the first 20 plays. It's about establishing certain players putting things in front of the defense, you know, getting guys in rhythm. I look at it the same way. And so, you know, for me, Miles Bridges is more important as a closer than a starter. And I think if you put him with the second unit, he has that much more of an advantage over the opposition. And again, has already proven he can take advantage of it. Whereas some players really don't thrive when they were good as starters and they're sent to the bench or vice versa. You bring up a really good point in terms of his production off the bench. And this is going to be interesting. Devontae Graham is out for the Pistons game. Malik Monk still looks like he's laboring a little bit. I'm not sure that he's 100%. We hadn't seen the Malik like he was prior to the ankle injury. So with Malik not playing quite like Malik just yet, Devontae being out, Rick or Cody Martin being out, we're going to need some energy off that bench and some production. So you could be on to something there with seeing value and miles relegated to that spot. We will dive deeper into the injuries, a, a minor bug, we hope, 
has uh, befallen some more of the Hornets. In addition to Gordon Hayward, we'll get into that in segment three. But coming up next, we're going to talk defense with Stan Norfleet right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, be sure to download the Hornets app on your mobile device. The Hornets app is your access to all new features and exclusive content, including the new game day experience for every game this season. Sam Farber with Stan Norfleet of our flagship station, Sports Radio FNZ, here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We'll be previewing tonight's game against the Pistons in a little bit. Stan does such a great job on the post-game show on our flagship Sports Radio FNZ. And sometimes, Stan, the topic you like to bring up is defense. And I came across an interesting stat. I don't know if I'm surprised or not, but it was illuminating. I saw this from NBA.com. The Hornets' defense has allowed opponents to take 78% of their shots from either the restricted area or from three-point range. And that is the league's largest percentage, and apparently by a good margin. We're in an era right now where... It seems like it's the sabermetrics version of basketball where it's, you know, everything needs to be at the rim or beyond the arc and nothing in between. And apparently the Hornets have allowed the largest volume of shots from those places. Now, obviously the team has performed reasonably well, you know, 500, two games below 500 right now. But with all the injuries they've had to deal with, I think they've done pretty well. I don't think the defense has been a problem. But what does that statistic say to you? Well, on one hand, to be honest, Sam, I like what I'm hearing because I'm thinking about how the defense is designed. James Rego has said all year, look, we're going to do, you know, I'm a UVA grad, former linebacker, probably why I think about defense. But I think about James Rego's comment saying, hey, look, we want to essentially play some pack line. I'm going to jam some people in the paint, not give a lot of space in there and force opponents to consistently knock down shots from the perimeter. So on one hand, when I see that the shot attempts, that's what you say, 78%, I'm thinking, okay, they're executing and they're listening to what JB has implemented. On the other hand, if you force team to take those shots and they're making them, we know in this era of basketball, threes count more than two. So you better be able to match that production from the three-point line on the opposite end of the floor when the Hornets are on offense. That may or may not be the case game to game. The second part to that, about the 78% or so from the restricted area, something tells me JB doesn't like that part. It's a combined percentage. So if they take 100 shots in a game, 78 of them will either be in the paint or from beyond the yard. I see you. I see you. I think my point still is valid, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, James Rago has said, listen, we're doing what we can. We know what we're up against night in and night out, trying to guard that paint and keep people from being effective in there. We saw it against the Miami Heat on Sunday night. There were some points scored in the paint. So that's got to be a little bit alarming for Borrego, but from a personnel standpoint, I don't know that there's much more he can do about it. So I, I can see it both ways. How does it land for you? Well, I agree with you. I think, you know, based off the roster that the Hornets have and how they're trying to play for themselves offensively, you do have certain limitations. There's no Dwight Howard currently sitting on the roster 
for the Hornets. And while I do think Cody Zeller and Bismarck Biombo have certainly had their games, their weeks, their months even, for the Hornets where they played really well, it's been an inconsistent position. It just has been all season long to find a consistent fit. If it were not inconsistent, we would have seen one starter all year, but that's been the position with the most fluctuation, injuries or not. I do think that while the paint is an issue, you know, trying to find ways to defend the paint, that's always the priority. I'm not so worried about having this team be the team that allows the most amount of shots from three or the restricted area, even though it fits with what everyone wants to do. And I'll use the baseball analogy again. To me, it's like you've set up your shift and everyone is still swinging away at you. No one is bunting. You know, the Hornets have made it a priority. They want to defend the paint. They're going to live with three some nights, but they're, they're going to try and take that away where they can. But everyone is just swinging away, swinging away. There's no necessarily, you know, second step to say, all right, no one's defending the third baseline. Let's just go ahead and bunt. You know, the, the, most teams don't have a Gordon Hayward on the roster who is able to live in that, 14 to 18 foot range get to his spots and he knows he's going to knock them down now, Jimmy Butler is one of those kind of guys Bam Adebayo is one of those kind of guys you know there there are players like that in the NBA but I'm not shocked overall that the percentage is so high for that shot selection from those locations but I don't know that I'm angry about it you bring up a good point there and the more I think through this particular part I'm like all right that probably is more indicative of just where the game is today to your point, the mid-range game is not something that players put priority on right now. Everybody across the league in this positionless thing, everybody's trying to screen and roll. If you can't hit the screener, even if you drive the paint on that baseline, people are looking into those corners to knock down that corner three. We talked about Miles Bridges in the previous segment. Miles has come alive and knocked down those threes primarily in the corner. So I think that's a more of an overarching style of play across the league and really across basketball as it's permeated down in the college game and the AAU ranks and the like. But another point real quick on the Charlotte defense, specifically from three, shot selection is one of them. I'm seeing that the Hornets are 11th best defense percentage from the three-point line. Overall, the Charlotte Hornets are like 12th in the league in points allowed. In the defensive metrics, given the inconsistency in the lineup, likely because of injury, James Rago's got to be pretty pleased as long as the effort and intensity is right with how this team has played defense all season. No question, and especially considering how young they are. You know, youth and injuries are not a good mix, typically, for defense, and yet the Hornets have been able to, you know, make that a sustainable part of their strategy to survive injuries, to get past a lack of experience. They've focused in and hunkered down on defense, and it's worked well. One more thing that you reminded me of there with, you know, bringing up Miles Bridges, you know, I think so much of what he does is the perfect fit for the ideal player today. He can soar through the air above everyone else, so he's great at finishing at the rim, and he's been really good with his three-point shot. I think the next step, the thing that will determine whether or not he ends up being an all-star maybe or just a really good starter, not that there's anything wrong with that, but is does that mid-range game come? You know, when he's cut off, does he have to retreat all the way to the three-point line or give it up, or can he stop his route, so to speak, from 15 feet out and just knock down that jumper if that's what they're going to give him? I like what you're saying there. Can he create some offense off the bounce, essentially? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, not everyone can do it, and I don't know that he has to. It's He's kind of like I've compared him to Blake Griffin a lot. You know, Blake, early in his career, he could jump over everybody. He didn't need a shot. 
He didn't need one. He was going to score 25 points per game. He developed one, and it stretched out his career and made him an even more dangerous player down the stretch as some of that athleticism has gone away. So Miles Bridges is a long way from needing a mid-range shot, but it might be the one final piece to the puzzle that takes him to a, an all-star level. I like where your head is. Maybe we can get Miles working out this offseason, getting some shots up for Terry Rozier, because whatever he did this past offseason, goodness, that regimen is something that all those guys can use over there with few exceptions that catch and shoot percentage for Terry so I'm agreeing with you on Miles we see that the same way and that plus you know being with Terry and being with Gordon for another year they're different athletes to be sure Miles is a better athlete than just about everyone in the NBA but there's a lot he can take away from Gordon Hayward's game as well so future very bright for this team interesting defensive statistics sounds like we're on the same page it's interesting I don't know if it's alarming yet I suppose we'll find out as things continue on speaking of continuing on Hornets a big game tonight against the Detroit Pistons on yesterday's podcast I said this next four game stretch is the most important one right now of the Hornets season yes I've adopted coach and players speak we'll talk about it next here on the Hornets podcast Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today. Stan Norfleet, our post-game host on Sports Radio FNZ, the flagship for the Hornets Radio Network, as well as a daytime host on Sports Radio FNZ. You can hear him Monday through Fridays all over the Dow. You've moved around a little bit, Stan, over the course of the season. I have, brother. Just, you know, I go where I'm needed, and, you know, we're tinkering with our lineup and our rotation, as, as James Marengo would say. But I've settled in in the afternoons with Nick Wilson from 2 to 6 p.m. every weekday. You're the Miles Bridges. You were the starting lineup at times in that midday portion, and now you're the finisher. You're the closer. Whatever they need me to do. Consummate <laughs> professional over here, Sam, just like yourself. I like it. I like it. Well, we got a game tonight. Hornets taking on the Detroit Pistons. Detroit obviously has really been struggling. Not too long ago, this was a playoff team uh, with Blake Griffin kind of you know, bringing some energy when he was traded over from the Clippers, but this team has decided to not just go young but go really young. Look, the Hornets are going to be favored in this one, but it's an important game, and it's one that has an interesting wrinkle thrown into it in that the Hornets are a little more nicked up for this game than they were against Miami. Gordon Hayward remains out with the right foot sprain, but we got word yesterday that Devontae Graham out with right knee discomfort and Cody Martin out with the ankle sprain that he had on Sunday against the Heat. How do the injuries affect what you think the outcome might be on tonight's contest? A little bit concerning in that what is going on with all these ankles. Man, Joe Sharp and that crew is over there. They are treating some ankles over there at the Spectrum Center. Devontae's knee is something to keep an eye on. We know that he missed some games earlier this season out with some knee discomfort as well from what I remember. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. But when I look at Terry Rozier, we've been bragging on Miles Bridges, you know, PJ, I still see enough scoring out there. Uh, LaMelo Ball continues to get into shape, not necessarily knocking down shots from the perimeter, but clearly the passes he's making and the pace of play since LaMelo has been injected into the lineup. The Hornets should win this game. Look, you may not can say it. I know I can because I think it's what's happening there. You know, look, I think Detroit's tanking. They're shutting it down. They're playing a whole bunch of young dudes. I mean, my goodness. Let's see, who was out last night? I think, was it Jeremy Grant, Mason Pumley, Wayne Ellington, Corey Joseph, Rodney McCruder, Jaleel Okafor, Dennis Smith Jr.? They were all out 
So, I mean, to your point, Detroit going with a youth movement, they're just pressing reset in that organization right now. The Hornets, every game matters, even though I'm not necessarily expecting the same point differential as the game two games ago versus Detroit. I still think they should be favored and they should win. Yeah, it might be a mutual tanking strategy between the Pistons and the Tigers. Everyone on the Pistons who's over the age of 24 has to be in the starting lineup for the Tigers without taking batting practice. I also look at Detroit. They've not had a lot of success in back-to-backs. They're like 3-11 on back-to-backs coming into Monday night's game. So a young team, they're not playing for much. You know, as a former athlete, I can tell you that guys absolutely look at the schedule. You start making off-season plans, and you may not be as focused as you ordinarily would if you were buying for position in the postseason or something of that nature. And I also look at the success that the Hornets have had against the Pistons. Hornets haven't lost to the Pistons since October 18th of 2017. If we're able to win this game tonight, they would tie the franchise, I think it's, what, 13 straight games over an opponent. So I I, want to say it was the Orlando Magic dating back to, uh, I think, 2016 to 2018, somewhere in there. So I like our chances, Sam. There's nothing from a matchup standpoint that Detroit can throw at me that would make me be concerned more than enough over there at the Spectrum Center for the guys, the home team, even though they're going to be at Detroit. There's more than enough on the Hornets roster to be able to take care of that point. I would tend to agree with you. The one last question I'll throw at you, because the one new injury from this game, as opposed to the last meeting on Saturday, is Cody Martin. Devontae Graham also missed Saturday's game against the Pistons with the right knee contusion. A little bit of a surprise that he wasn't able to play. He went through warm-ups and then was ruled out after that. But Cody Martin did play in that one. He's been in the starting lineup the last handful of games. He's really been a, a solid defensive presence throughout the season. And honestly, both Martin brothers, when, when the Hornets need a stop and it's someone who's not a, a seven-footer or a point guard, or sometimes even if they are a seven-footer or a point guard, it tends to be a Martin brother that draws the assignment. With Cody out, who do you foresee as the best option to fill his role, either in the starting lineup or as that defensive specialist in general? It's interesting. Don't you think? And we just got through having that great conversation about bench production. Do you think it's time for Malik Monk? That's initially where my thought goes is they got to get Malik in there. But Malik, you know, this defense is not where he he made a name for himself. So I'm like, from from a defensive standpoint, where do you turn to? I guess I go with Caleb. That's the next closest. And I know, all right, the irony of them. Are you cheating? Are you just throwing one twin after the other? Uh, yeah, I'm just like, hey, man, can you go do now, Malik, we need you to pick up your scoring. Caleb, go in there and hold us down from a defensive standpoint. Caleb is still plenty good enough athlete to be able to guard guys. We know what the Martin twins bring. They bring energy. They bring defensive commitment. They bring a toughness. That can be replicated. Defense is about effort and energy and sheer want to. So I probably look at Malik Monk on the offensive end and defensively, I look at twin brother Caleb. For the starting lineup specifically, and I, I have no intel, I have no insight, I'm I'm pleading my ignorance here, I, I don't know, this is a pure guess. I think if Devontae Graham was healthy, we'll see what uh, Kyle Bailey had termed the murder hornet lineup early in the season. We would have seen that three-guard look of Graham, Ball, and Rozier starting with probably Bridges and Washington. But since Graham can't go... I'm going to guess we see a center in the starting lineup. I think either Biz or Cody Zeller will get the start 
and they'll keep Malik Monk. They'll need him as a spark plug for sure, and they'll need him to knock down some threes with Devontae out or maybe Jalen McDaniels to do that as well. But I think we might see some size back in the lineup, although as I say that, I'm, I'm looking at the Detroit roster, and they don't have a lot of things, but they also don't have a center that I think is really going to force anyone to, to put someone out there. I'm going to reconsider this position, and you're making me think through it now because there's a name that, quite frankly, I hadn't thought about. I think we're probably going to see Jalen McDaniels. A couple of reasons. To your point, we can keep Malik in his role so we're not messing with that, and let's get Malik back in a rhythm doing Malik Monk type things, how well he was playing before he hurt that ankle. But it also, I look at the Pistons as a developmental game, right? Clearly, it's a critical game. Every one of these is going to count for the remaining eight. But given that Detroit is not going to put up a ton of resistance from a, a roster standpoint, which we still need to be developing Jalen McDaniels. He has not played what I would consider, and I don't know the actual minutes, but he hasn't played a ton of minutes on average this season. I'd like to see Jalen get in there, get some starter minutes, and just get another notch under his belt, get some more confidence going down this playoff stretch. So I'm going to say I'm going to take uh, – sorry, Caleb, you're going to be upset with me. Caleb Martin, you come off the bench. Jalen McDaniels, you go in the starting lineup. It's a tough part about having only uh, five guys in that starting lineup and only one ball. There's only so many shots, only so many starting positions. But we're glad to have Stan Norfleet with us here, always a starter on the Hornets Hivecast. And, of course, you can hear him weekdays on Sports Radio FNZ, and you can hear him post-game tonight after the conclusion of Hornets at Pistons. He'll be on with Kyle Bailey, breaking it down. Big couple of games this week here, Stan. If the Hornets win this one tonight, they could be looking at a scenario on Thursday back at the Hive where if they beat the Bulls, they could clinch a play-in position. It's not mathematically assured yet, but it's possible as we sit right now. Wouldn't that be something, man? And and I remember the Bulls played well when we saw them just last. So obviously getting a win tonight against Pistons would be huge. But to be able to clinch at home in the Spectrum Center and get some postseason basketball around here, it's been quite a while, Sam. It just feels good to be having that conversation. So it'd be good also to get that at home. So I'm optimistic that that's going to happen. I'm going to believe it and speaking it to existence, Sam. There you go. You know, the Ball family did that, and now Stan Norfleet's got it down too. There you go. All in the family. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We encourage you to tune in. Pre-game tonight starts at 6 p.m. Again, Kyle Bailey and Travis T-Bone Hancock will anchor the coverage from the WFNZ studios. Then I'll have the call at 7. And again, Kyle Bailey and Stan Norfleet will be on postgame after tonight's contest, Hornets at the Detroit Pistons. Stan, thanks so much for joining us here today on the Hornets Hivecast. Sam, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much to the organization, everybody, Fred, Michael, everybody over there, Mitch. Thank y'all for what y'all do. And uh, let's bring this one on home, man. Enjoy listening to you, brother. You do a great job. Thank you very much. Likewise, right back at you. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. We will talk to you tonight for Hornets against the Pistons. Till next time, for everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us on the HHC. And in the words of LaMelo Ball. Thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.